Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast with your El Paso Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We are here on this wonderful Thursday in our MWEDC Global Training Center at our Sun Carpet Recording Studio. And I am very excited to be welcoming one of our board members into our studio today, Mr. Tommy Cano. He is the president of Cano HR, and he's going to be talking with us a little bit about the art of hiring. You know, right now, there's very low unemployment rates, which is great for people in the community, but businesses can be really struggling to find the right talent and also keep those people that they've hired recently. So we're going to have a discussion about not only finding some talented employees for you, but also keeping them in your business. So thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here and um, I want to thank uh, the Hispanic Chamber uh, for having me as well. So let's just go ahead and jump right in. So there's always a lot of discussion within businesses about how to stand out in terms of competition when it comes to customer interaction and B2B, but there's not a lot of discussion about how you stand out for competition when it comes to getting employees. So what are some ways besides salary that small businesses can make themselves more attractive to potential employees? This is, you know, this is a loaded question because there's obviously uh, you're dealing with uh, Generation X and Y employees, and of course, the Generation X is is looking for a salary. Um, they're the ones that love to spend the money uh, before they even earn it. Uh, but um, better, uh, be better at communicating with employees, mm -hmm. uh, creating a, a culture where they feel welcomed. Uh, is one way, but also um, be more competitive when it comes to benefits. Um, try to find a way as an employer to um, immediately, if you can, if you can afford to, uh, give them vacations, uh, PTO, what they call personal time off, paid time off, and uh, you know find supplemental type of uh, benefits. Because I know the health insurance uh, could be costly as well, mm -hmm. but supplemental benefits such as uh, vision, dental, um, you know, additional vacation days, uh, um, paid holidays. Uh, they're, you give them an employee handbook, and the first thing they attack is the benefit section. So they want to see what, when they can earn the time off. And, and, uh, and of course, uh, the millennials are also looking for a career path. Uh, mm -hmm. They want to see growth within the company. So if you can show that in the interview, can you talk to them about those potential benefits that you offer, the perks uh, versus their competitor? Believe it or not, those are better than even paying more than 50 cents or a dollar more than what the competition is doing. So let me ask you, I think that a lot of times there's there's talk about a difference between millennials and Generation Xers and mm -hmm. things like that. And millennials get a lot of slack for being lazy, but I think that they look at employment in a different way. And they really look at benefits maybe more than salary. And I think having a work-life balance is more important for them. So what about working from home? Are you seeing more millennials want to go after jobs that have that option for them? That is correct. Um, we actually, uh, you know, out of all the companies that we represent, we do get those calls from the employers asking if they can work remotely from home. Um, and of course, it's that's an operational uh, question and it's more, um, you know, the basis of trust. Um, are they going to be working? Are they going to be able to get up in the morning and, and uh, uh, not deal with traffic and walk mm -hmm. across the, the living room into uh, a potential office space in their home and, and work? Um, it's a challenge. Uh, it becomes a trust factor. But if employers find a way that they can do that, uh, absolutely. Uh, base their, their um, 
uh, I guess their, their performance on, on tasks and uh, make it more task driven. And if they can do that and have the task completed within the deadline that is given, uh, that's easy to manage. Yeah, make sure that they're not sitting at home watching Netflix all day or Hulu and binge watching stuff. <laughs> and you know, like I tell my staff, my staff works from home and, mm-hmm. and they have to go out there and visit the clients. But I tell them, I don't care if you're watching Netflix or if you're waking up at 10 in the morning, um, I just want the job to get done. And so if I'm getting calls from your clients at 8, that means you're not picking up your phone call at 8, <laughs> uh, or the phone call at 8, rather. But uh, yeah, it's there's different ways of managing. So I, to answer your question, I think that if, if the employer can find a way mm-hmm. uh, to make it happen, I highly recommend it. So when we talk about finding talent, I think sometimes companies hear ads a lot for online recruiting companies. There's also recruiting companies here in El Paso as well. And they can be kind of costly for small businesses. They might not have the resources to pay for that. Is it actually beneficial um, in terms of the cost to small businesses to use those websites and those talent recruiting companies to find people? It, it all depends on the, the type of industry. Um, I will say, for example, you know, if you're looking for a clerical uh, high-end management position, uh, there you have your top um, you know, web uh, recruiting companies, uh, web-based, um, like the Zip Recruiters and uh, Glassdoors and Indeed, um, and even now LinkedIn. More people, mm-hmm. more and more people are using employers are using LinkedIn. Um, but some companies, uh, for example, manufacturing, I strongly recommend that they go to the local workforce. Uh, that they go to uh, you know to workforce. It's a local workforce. They'll put job fairs together for you, and they find the individuals uh, in the manufacturing field. Mm-hmm. which you find more Generation X than Y, and uh, that generation is going to be uh, actually um, hands-on type of individuals that really perhaps don't even have uh, social media or uh, even an iPhone or, or a smartphone. So they're not used to getting into the Internet. Um, so you're not going to find those individuals. So you'd have to go create job fairs um, because yeah, it could be costly. Uh, I mean, upward in the... 400 350 to $400 for 30-day posting, so it could be costly. Wow. I mean, things have definitely changed from the days. I mean, when I was for, fresh out of college and applying for jobs, my mom was like, look in the classifieds, look in the papers, <laughs> exactly. and I feel like exactly. we've come such a long way from that. And on the topic of resources and finding employees, finding people to just interview in the first place, like I said, my mom was very old school. She was all about looking right. in the newspaper, but things have changed. And so what are some other top resources that businesses should really be utilizing to find employees to interview? Yeah, going back to what you just said, I mean, uh, if they can post in the inter- uh, newspaper, um, again, go to job fairs, uh, you know, where people uh, that, that are more shy about getting to the computer and trying to uh, find a job that way, um, that, the best way is to go to these job fairs and, and uh, go back to basics, as we like to say, right? Uh, it should always go back to basics um, because that, that would be a way. Um, you do um, have those challenges. Uh, of course, you can hire a recruiter, but now you're talking uh, even bigger buck yeah. um, because those people charge a percentage of what they the salary mm-hmm. uh, is, the annual salaries, right? But without a guarantee uh, because that's the problem. You end up paying the fee and uh, these people leave after 30 days or less than that because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't find that to be a right fit. Now you're challenged with that. But, again, going back to basics, um, referrals, uh, reaching out to people, um, 
to try to market through through your own uh, family members as far as not hiring family members, but <laughs> see who they know. Uh, going to schools, uh, finding people that are hungry uh, out of school has also been a, another avenue uh, that we recommend. Yeah. And I mean, we're in May right now, so we're hitting the peak of graduation season Absolutely. for both high school and colleges. So I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of hungry young individuals out there looking for that opportunity. And so when we're talking about finding employees just to get them into the interview process, now let's say we've got an interview process going on. What are some of the red flags on resumes or in the interview process that employers should be looking out for? So, you know, I often get asked that question uh, when we do the, the art of hiring trainings. Um, what, what's the, the difference between, you know, why should I ask for a resume when I already have the application completed? Mm -hmm. um, the red flags, uh, inconsistencies. You know, you've you got to look at your, your application and ensure, first of all, that the, the most recent job is actually still a current job and not something that they left uh, you know, a while back, mm -hmm. and they still want to make themselves look like they're working, uh, and compare it to the resume. You know, Is it the same company? Um, you've got to look for gaps in the resumes, uh, gaps in employment. Uh, I always tell uh, our, our management crew, or when we do these trainings, I always uh, recommend that you know, they, they count the actual months and not just see year to year mm -hmm. Um, but to get detailed on exactly what is it that they're, you know, when did they start working? How long were they there? You want to know exactly how long they worked for that particular company. Because I, as I asked them, would you prefer to hire an individual that has been with one company for 10 years or somebody that's been with 10 companies in one year? Right. And the obvious response is the one that has the most tenure. Mm -hmm. So having said that, um, you've got to look for those tenured employers. And, uh, and those, that's exactly what you look at in the resumes. And of course, Ask questions on, you know, uh, starting pay, ending pay, because that shows you growth within mm -hmm. the, the company. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, the experiences, you know, how long did they go through the training? Because if somebody tells you uh, or, or documents on their resume that they were there for six months, but the training, actual training period is 90 days, right. how much experience did they really gain? Mm -hmm. um, so those are uh, just ask questions. Um, so, and mistakes that often happen are the typical um, asking questions that are discriminatory, uh, that have really nothing connected with work, mm -hmm. uh, more on the personal level, asking personal questions. Um, and for those listeners that are, uh, have businesses in Texas and New Mexico, uh, for example, New Mexico just passed a law that are going to affect June 14th, uh, which is within the next month. Yeah. Where out. they're going to ban the box, meaning no electronic or uh, paper application can uh, ask the question about their background anymore. So wow. uh, they're removing that. They're asking uh, the law is actually forcing employers to remove that from their application. Mm -hmm. So you can ask them during the interview, but you can't have it in the application anymore. So they got to be looking for the, uh, you know, reviewing their application so that they don't commit or make those mistakes. Yeah. So employers definitely that are working in New Mexico right now need to be aware of that because right. a lot of times you have that form that you've had for years and so you just have them fill that out. Now you've got to go back and redo that form and make sure that you're not giving them a form that is outdated and has that, that box question on there. That's so right. that's really great information for businesses who are listening. 
So along the lines of we're talking about what are some red flags in terms of the resume and the interview process, but what are also some other mistakes that businesses make during the hiring process, not just within the interviews? Like let's say they get an employee in, is it just not training them? Is it putting them on a probationary period that's not long enough? What are some of those mistakes that lead to high turnover rates? So first is, you know, they want to see consistency. An employee wants to see professionalism in the hiring process. So what you want to do is you first want to establish a new hire packet. Um, the new hire packet should consist of the application, the I-9, depending on the size mm -hmm. of the company, then if you have uh, to comply with Obamacare, you want to make sure that you have that benefit enrollment form to prove that you offered insurance, et cetera, et cetera. So there's some key uh, documents that you should have in your new hire packet. I can't list them all because it all depends on the industry and the size of the company. But that's the first thing you need to establish as a new hire packet. After that, um, then again, you know, start making the employee feel welcomed. Um, do you have a, an orientation process? Uh, do you um, introduce your staff to the new hire and vice versa? Do you walk them through the, your business? And, and uh, so those are things that you should consider doing. Uh, but the key thing is not just for one, not just for that one that you've been looking for, but for everybody. Because that way the individual that got hired today can see that the individual that gets hired a month from now was also treated the same way. So uh, it shows consistency. So, um, you know, ensuring that uh, everything you promise them, uh, you come through with. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, but also keep them, um, you need to make, make it clear to an employee because you go through so much paperwork. Right. So employees often think that they're signing off their life and that they're going to be there forever. <laughs> so you have to make it very clear to them that they're still considered an at-will employee mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, you take tremendous time and effort to find the right candidate and they think they found that in that person. So make them feel welcome but don't promise them uh, longevity because that's where employers also commit uh, uh, mistakes and uh, potential litigation. So when it comes to employee retention, onboarding seems to be a really key thing in making sure that your employees stay there. But later on down the road, what are some other things that businesses can do to ensure that they have good employee retention numbers? Just because with unemployment so low, a lot of businesses are having those like people that have been there for 10 years. A friend of mine lost their, their front office manager that had been with them for 20 years because right. she got a better deal somewhere else. So how do you go ahead and manage that? How do you keep those loyal employees loyal to you in this kind of environment? Oh, wow. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world right now. And uh, you're absolutely right. You know, that 20-year employee uh, got offered an additional dollar somewhere else, and they feel that, you know, the, the grass is greener on the other side. Um, if, if you can afford to do incremental uh, salaries uh, on an annual basis, perhaps incentives, you know, try to go about it that way. But it's not usually the number one reason why they leave. Mm -hmm. uh, recognition, uh, growth, the growth path that I referred to earlier, if they feel that they're, they've hit that glass roof, you know, where they're no longer going to be able to move from there, uh, that's one of the reasons, part of the reasons why they leave. Um, the benefits part of it, if you can find a way to throw money into the benefit, um, you know, the Generation X, uh, again, in comparison mm -hmm. to Generation Y, 
you know, they're looking for that retirement. They're looking for that 401k. So uh, employers need to start looking at ways to, to be um, finding that perk and, and uh, fund it. You know, it's a challenge because obviously everything seems to have the, the monetary value behind it. But at least at the very least, again, make them feel as they're part of the company, you know, engage them as if they own the company. Uh, yes, you have to tell them and show them who's boss every now and again. Um, but if you engage them and uh, if, even if you do any change to a procedure policy and you bring in those individuals that have been there for a long time that know the business, um, because they know it almost as good, if not better, than you mm -hmm. as a business owner. Right. So if you engage them, that's also something that will make them think twice. So um, because other than that, if you're going to be throwing money into it, you know, 20-year employees are going to be making 200000 a year because <laughs> no, yeah. there's not enough money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that small businesses, like, really struggle with is finding a way to reward employees. Um without having the cash that these major companies do. So what are some ways that you've seen some of your clients offer some benefits, some employee retention programs to keep their employees engaged and to keep them with them? So, uh, you know, they hear, again, the employee. Um, they do have their meetings and they, they sit down and talk about the needs. And, uh, you know, they hear a lot of PTO. They want to be able to balance their personal life uh, so, it, again, it depends on the industry. Um, some of my clients will, you know, find a way to balance their, their personal life by giving them more time to be with their family, uh, but also not, you know, put a dent in their pocket. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they budget, you know, on an annual basis, you know, that they're going to have people out. Um, again, the benefit side, you know, when you can find benefits, supplemental benefits, uh, as cheap as 6 $7 a month, you know, the employer... Uh, feels that the the turnover, uh, the cost of turnover is is higher than throwing that money into that supplemental plan, and they're bringing in these these plans for the employees. Um, it, it's it's really you know they I say that they become the second family, and just like you want to take care of your first family, you want to take care of your second family as in, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. So I think that those individuals start engaging in that. The bigger the company, though, the bigger the the problem, right? right. Because now you want to not just deal with uh, 10 different personalities or mentalities mm -hmm. and their culture and their beliefs. Well, now you have to make it a team effort. You've still got to respect, you know, you still have to respect the individual that wants to wear uh, an earring on, on their nose <laughs> or, or pierce their tongue. You still have to respect that and, you know, to keep them in the same culture. So that's the recommendation. Right. Well, I think you've given our small businesses, our local community, a really great resource with this podcast just in terms of what we talked about so far. But like you said a lot, it's very industry specific. That's it's specific correct. to your business as well. Mm -hmm. So if a small business is looking to gain some more insight and they want to reach out to you and talk to you about some of maybe the personal HR issues that they're mm -hmm. having, what's the best way to get a hold of you? So I, I, I've got been contacted by uh, several individuals through the uh, Hispanic Chamber. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they can also visit our website at www.canohr.com. Um, they can send me an email at tcano uh, at canohr.com, uh, or they can reach out to us at 915-241-3218. 
All right, great. And for those of you that are listening while driving, don't worry about trying to write all of this down while you're driving. Focus on driving um, because all of that information will be in the episode details. I want to thank you so much for joining me. It was really great to have you here. I think you're the first board member who's been on our podcast. Really? Yes. Oh, now I'm going to (laughs) gloat. So now at the next board meeting, you can be like, I was the first one. one. That's exactly. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for joining us. All right. This has been Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast with your El Paso Hispanic Chamber. We are broadcasting from our Sun Carpets podcast recording studio at the MWEDC Global Training Center, and we will see you all next week.